You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. It's Tony here, your career bestie, ready to up-level you and your career. Doors are now officially closed, Lit Up Leadership Academy, and I am just so honoured by the incredible women who have joined us in there. If you're like, oh, damn it, wish I joined, do make sure that you're on the wait list for the next time we open doors. Head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy. You can join the wait list and be the first to know when doors open again. But without further ado, I want to talk today about something I am working with a number of women in the academy on, and actually um, a couple of my one-on-one clients as well, which is being a thought leader as an individual contributor. Now, a lot of the time when we think about leadership, we think about being the leader who has the job title, the managerial job title. You know, maybe you, you are a team lead or a senior manager or director, VP, like or C-level executive, whatever it is. We think of leadership going with those titles. Hopefully, if you've been around here long enough, you know that leadership isn't necessary for the title. In fact, we should all be thinking about our leadership well before we want the leadership title. And also that leadership and management are two different things. But today I want to actually dig into if you are a careerist individual contributor, or maybe you're wondering, you're at the fork in the road and you're thinking, do I go down the route of more people management or do I go down the route of being more of an individual contributor who is exceptional in their technical depth rather than being breadth and people leadership? Now, obviously there are, you know, some things in between those two, right? The people leadership, lots of breadth, but bringing people together versus technical depth, individual contributor, senior individual contributor who is, you know, recognizes the expert in their technical knowledge and field. There is obviously great areas in between the two. And much of our careers will be spent trying to figure out like, where do I sit between those two extremes? Well, I want to point out to you how important leadership is at that IC end of the spectrum, because I think many people just ignore it. In fact, we often tolerate bad leaders, bad toxic colleagues who are ICs because of their technical expertise. Now, I hope you know by now that that is not a helpful thing for your company. The multiplicative effect of leadership should be about making sure you are getting people to work together more effectively, right? When you actually allow people to work together effectively, you will outperform your best ICs by a very long way. But that requires having tough conversations sometimes about the ICs or actually anybody, it's not just ICs, but having tough conversations with people who are toxic and not tolerating their behavior. But what I want to talk to you about really today is how if you can become a great leader, or in fact, if you are leading these people, how you can encourage great leadership in your ICs, you are going to do better things for your company and better things for your career, their career, whoever it is you're talking about, whether it's you or you're talking about somebody you want to help. I want to talk about how great leadership as an individual contributor can help you do more in your career, help you achieve more, help you have bigger impact, help do more for the company you work for. 
and ultimately help elevate both you and your organization. So let me talk a little bit about what this looks like. This this episode came about because I've been working, as I said, with a couple of people in particular on this topic. And several of them were like, well, I don't, I don't need to worry about my leadership. Um, I'm just here to get, you know, get land that next role, whatever that looks like. Because some people do come into the academy to do that because we do tackle that side of things as well. Or they come to the academy thinking they want a leadership role. We dive into it. They get clarity and think, actually, no, that's not for me because I'm here for that too, by the way. My job with whoever I work with and whatever way I work with you is to help you find a role that you love, not to push you into your particular postage stamp, right? That's not my intention. I want every single one of you to enjoy what you do. And so there are these, this this particular group right now who have figured out that I see work is the way they want to go. And one of them in particular, one of my one-on-one clients, she's realized that she gets more traction when she leverages all the leadership stuff we've been talking about. And I'm like, yes, of course you do. (laughs) And that's what I want to dig into today. Now, as you know, there are three pillars to the Lit Up Leadership Framework. If you don't know that, then you can go to tonycollis.com forward slash framework to learn all about the Lit Up Leadership Framework. Um, But there are three pillars, awareness, communication, and strategy. Now, underpinning those three are influence and your ability to learn. Now, I would argue that all of that is absolutely paramount for us as ICs because leadership is not what leaders do. It's how every single one of us operates with our peers, with people around us. And if you think about the structure of modern organizations, we're often matrixed. We often lead without the job title. Maybe you are a technical expert who is in charge of leading some sort of technical forum or working group, tiger group, whatever you want to call them, to solve a problem. You don't necessarily have the leadership authority, the management title, but you have the leadership authority from the point of view of knowledge and the fact that you're the expert, or maybe you're working towards that position where you are the expert. And even if you're not, maybe you know something that somebody else doesn't. Um, I've worked with so many women who they are doing work for their bosses and they're the only ones at the point that they do that work that knows what they're talking about. You then need to lead to demonstrate that you've done your work well, you know what you're talking about, you can communicate clearly and effectively the outcomes of your work, the stuff you've figured out. If you aren't able to lead through that with great communication, great awareness of yourself and the situation you're in, how what you're saying is going down, and you are, if you aren't able to think strategically about the work you're doing, I'd argue strategy is incredibly important for ICs, then you aren't going to have the impact that you know your work should be having. I think a lot of the time our frustration when we're individual contributors comes from, I've done all this great work, but nobody is taking me or my work seriously. And that's where your leadership can really, really come in. If you want to be that expert and recognize that expert, be the thought and ideas leader in your organization from an IC standpoint, then you have to decide that you are going to be a leader, even if you're an IC. Now, obviously, as I said, you can choose between being a people leader, an IC, or some sort of hybrid between. Most of us end up as a bit of a hybrid for much of our career. But you have to recognize if you want to have an impact from whatever angle, you need leadership to have that impact. Doing the work alone is insufficient. (laughs) This is one thing I used to get really frustrated about when I worked in academia. A lot of the people, and this is a stereotype, but I did experience this myself. A lot of the people I worked with in academia loved doing the work, but didn't really want to do the dissemination piece. 
which one could argue is a bit of an obligation when you're publicly funded to do research. You kind of have an obligation to the human race to share what you've done. And I always thought to myself, if you just were better at sharing what's going on here, think how great that would be for the human race. They were doing something extraordinary and yet it wasn't being shared. And I'll admit that this was me early on in my career as well. It took me a couple of years to figure out how to communicate what I was learning. You just kind of want to do the work and not share it. Well, I'm here to tell you today, you need to share it. (laughs) And it's not just about you. It's about what your company needs you to do. Your company has paid you to do this work. So your company actually needs you to stand up and make sure that you're taking notice of. And remember, you've got personalities at play. It doesn't matter how great your work is. If you aren't showing up in the right way, people are going to dismiss what you found out, even if it's amazing. And some small, simple things can make such a big difference. Okay, so I want to talk a a little bit about what that might look like. The first one is building allegiance. I think allegiance as an IC is incredibly important. I mean, with your boss, your skip boss, your skip, skip boss, but peers and stakeholders, you need to build that respect and allegiance that people will automatically listen to you. When you open your mouth, people know you have something worthwhile to pay attention to. They know you're going to deliver it in a way that they understand. That's one of the traps we need to make sure we don't fall into is using lots of jargon and not being clearly understood. And it's really about making sure everybody just respects the fact that you're here and that you should be doing the work you're doing. So don't cut my resources in this area and make sure that you're always aligning with what the organization needs. Title isn't the resource you think it is, right? A lot of the time people go after a new title because they think it's going to unlock a resource for them to allow them to do more. That doesn't actually happen. Um, Don't get me wrong, like a promotion can sometimes open up new resources, but almost always that resource was coming anyway. The promotion is just a recognition that you deserve it, right? The resources actually come from getting stuff done at whatever level. So If you know you want to be an IC, but you're thinking, oh, I need to become a manager so I get the resources, I want you to hear that you don't actually need to become a people leader if it's not your thing in order to get the resources you need. What you need is to become a great thought leader. You need to lead by example. You need to be talking about how great what you're doing is, sharing the impact, aligning with the corporate strategy, demonstrating that you are moving the needle in the right way and learning how to communicate all of the stuff you're doing at the right level. So let's actually dig into the communication piece. Many of us dismiss this. Um, A lot of us think that as an IC, we can be, we don't have to worry about our communication so much, our bosses will take care of it. And in fact, I've worked with a lot of people leaders who are just like, oh my gosh, this particular IC is just really, you know, bad at communicating, poor social skills. And there is this unconscious bias towards some ICEs that they are more likely to be poor at social skills. And I want to just flip that one. You can be great at communication, have great social skills, and still be an IC. Let's just change this expectation, right? Remember that your influence, your ability to get traction, to get buy-in, to have the impact you're after, starts with communication. You have to learn how to communicate with the person in front of you, not with just yourself like the person in front of you isn't you they haven't done all the work you've done they haven't got your level of expertise the fact that you are an expert if that's what you're aiming for means that everybody else isn't in the area that you're talking about you have to learn how to communicate where they are not where you are 
You need to understand their pain points. This really takes the listening piece. Remember, communication is two-way. And I would argue that many of us are far better at talking than we are at listening, myself included, by the way. Don't jump in, cut people off. I think especially as technical experts, if we've not worked on this piece, it's very easy to just assume where somebody's going. And even if you do know where somebody's going halfway through their sentence, if you're jumping in and cutting them off, you are just going to raise more objections from them because nobody likes being cut off. And I will tell you that I still have to work on this one. It's not something that comes naturally to me. I'm always thinking 10 steps ahead. It's who I am. (laughs) And so if that sounds familiar, I really want you to just learn how to slow down and let people finish their sentences. Now, the caveat to that is when you've got other people in the room who are also butting in, jumping in. And this is where you can really bring in your leadership alongside just the leadership communication. If you're listening and somebody else butts in, lead the room and say, hey, thanks for this. However, can we just make sure that we finish listening to X about this? I'd really like to hear everything they have to say. Be the person who's forceful, who encourages it. Be the person who makes sure that everybody gets fully heard because you are actually going to do a better job then of countering, of bringing people along. Chair the conversation, even if you're not the boss in the room. You can do that. I've done that many times in my career As a technical expert, you can even do this to your boss. Maybe your boss is in the room and they're doing a terrible job of running the meeting. They keep cutting everybody off. As a technical expert in the room, you can say, thanks, Charlie. I'd really actually need to hear what Sandra has to say though, right? If you can do that, you're not telling your boss they're a terrible human, but you're saying, as a technical expert, I need to hear everything Sandra has to say. So give that one a go. Next one, as a thought leader, as an IC, encourage discussion. Again, this is your opportunity to really manage a room of people, even without the job title. This is your way to really generate new ideas, have everybody on the same page. As an IC, part of your job, if you get up to higher levels as an IC, is sharing and disseminating and solving problems together that you can't actually solve as individuals. You might be an individual contributor as far as the nomenclature is termed, but in the modern world, we don't solve problems in silos. It doesn't work that way. The problems are too big. So encourage discussion, encourage ideation, even if you're like, that's a stupid idea. You want to engender this as a habit within your team that you are working with. Then really the final piece with communication is learning how to influence. If you've had all these ideas, you now know where everybody is on their thought spectrum. You know how they operate, how they think, what their objections are, That allows you, if you've got a great idea, that allows you to overcome their objections before they get an opportunity to get bogged down in them. I always like to tell my clients, think about every single meeting, ask yourself, where are people right now? Point A, where do you need them to be at the end of the meeting? Point B, what is stopping them going from point A to point B? What is the objection, the hurdle, the emotion? What do you need to get them through? And you need to think about every single person in that room. If you need to influence everybody to be behind you, which is much better than just dictating, by the way, whatever kind of role you're in. It is much better if you can get everybody intrinsically on board rather than saying, this is just how it is, people. Ask yourself, for every single person in that room, if you know them well enough and you've been listening to them, they're here right now, I need them to be there, what is stopping them getting there? And that's how you tackle the conversations. That's how great influence actually happens. It is nothing to do with your job title. And I want you to be ready with several calming and polite rebuffs. So they have objections, maybe you can predict them. 
Maybe you think you've already worked through their issue, their objection. That's a great thing to do. Like have a slide in your presentation or notes when you're talking that you know is going to tackle their ob- objection. When they then object, you can say, well, as I just mentioned, X, Y, Z, and just recap, right? Reference that you've already done, but don't make it a big deal. And just talk about the thing. And you say, does that help? Or do you need further information? One danger as an IC is that we really really narrow our focus and we can lose sight of the bigger picture. We then, in that situation, have blunt and awkward interactions because we're so focused on our own thing, which actually can go into a downward spiral where we have low self-confidence, low self-esteem because of those awkward interactions because we're so focused inwards. Make sure that you're still willing to speak up and make sure that you have a bigger picture in mind. Again, this is something I learned the hard way working as a researcher. The bigger picture is actually what drives everything, but it's so easy to get down in the weeds. Do not lose your focus as an IC. Remember why they hired you. The company hired you for a bigger picture. If we get down in the weeds too much, we focus on the wrong thing potentially. And more damaging than that, we aren't even able to see why other people aren't paying attention to us anymore. Have some time every single week to really get yourself up out of the weeds. As I mentioned, leadership is not tied to a position. It is a mindset. So I want to finish off with nine things I think we all need to be doing. Some of this I've already covered. Number one, aim to always remove obstacles in multiple ways. First of all, remove obstacles in terms of the work you're doing. How you're removing obstacles for your company, for your team, for the technology you're working on, but also how you're removing obstacles for the people around you. Those emotional ones going from point A to point B, they've got emotional obstacles. You as an IC, part of your job is to remove obstacles, have that front and center every single day and all the different levels that you're doing that at. Number two, create alignment of your contribution to the rest of your teams, to the rest of your organizations. Make sure there's alignment of what you're doing. And again, this is something we're down in the weeds. We can easily move off and just become unaligned very easily. And it damages our confidence because all our ideas will get shut down more. You should always be asking yourself, what is driving the overall strategy here? Am I aligned with it? How am I contributing? Be alert to going down that wrong path and checking in with yourself regularly. This should be something you actually check in with every single week, in my opinion. You might think, but I'm on a month-long project. Why do I need to check in every week? Because it's very easy to go down a rabbit hole on the project. Have a check-in. Am I aligned with the strategy of my team right now? Number three, as a thought leader, teach and disseminate. Don't feel threatened by the idea of sharing what you know. You are still going to be the expert. But if you get a reputation for passing on knowledge and ensuring understanding, you are going to get so much more traction at work. Your team's going to operate better around you. They're going to better complement you. You aren't going to lose your authority. In fact, it's going to build your authority. And instead, you as a team are going to be given more engaging projects because everybody in the team is up to a certain level because you chose to disseminate. Number four, lead by example. This should be a given, but there are a few things that I want you to consider explicitly as an IC rather than just lead by example in terms of like how we operate with other human beings, which I talk about a lot. First of all, thoroughness. Part of being an IC is your attention to detail. It's very different from the people leadership piece where thoroughness applies in a different way. You want to really be thorough in everything you do, solve the problems, make sure that you've ticked all the boxes. Present the right level of detail though. Like that thoroughness needs to extend to thoroughly preparing for presentations and communicating what you've identified. You need to make sure that, okay, I've been really thorough. 
in all this stuff, but I don't actually need to communicate that with everybody. What I need to do is communicate this level to everybody because that's what they need to hear. Thoroughness in what you do and in your preparation. Always, always tight strategy. I think that applies across the board. And do the work that you are asked to do. That's part of your leading by example is really digging into doing what you're supposed to be doing rather than going down rabbit holes. So it comes back to always being aligned. Number five, facilitate healthy discussion. I touched on this earlier, but be the person that encourages everybody to have their say, keeps everybody on track, yes, but allows people to finish their thoughts and then brings them back to the topic of interest and making sure you're wrapping that up. Number six, set high technical standards. Now this should be a given, but lead by example on that. If you know quality control is really important, even if you're not the QA, make sure it's tackled, make sure it's done. If you know that you want lines of code to be written in a particular way, set that standard. Your job as an IC is to deliver to the right standard on time. Set that standard, hold to it, lead by example. Show everybody else around you how it needs to be done. Number seven, don't get bogged down in the trenches. (laughs) Recognize that your boss has many areas to consider, to care about, to worry about. And don't get overly protective and defensive, right? Your boss has a thousand things they probably care about. If especially if they're a people leader, they've got far more to worry about than you do in terms of breadth. It's therefore very easy when we're talking to them to get frustrated and really defensive about our work and trying to point out that we're worth being important and paid attention to. Ask yourself, how is this fitting into the bigger picture? Am I doing that? Be delighted when your boss is just like, this is great, thanks, let's move on. That means you're doing a fabulous job. Number eight, give and share credit. I know you're an IC, but guess what? You have a team around you, right? (laughs) Make sure you share credit. I'm sure you are, but do make sure that you're really doing that, especially as an IC. It's very easy to think as I, and I talk to all of my leaders about talking as a we. You need to do that as an IC too. Recognize there's a team behind you. There's a team delivering whatever it is you're delivering. You're not on your own unless you legitimately are, in which case you're probably CEO, CTO and everything of your own company. Number nine, communicate at the right level all of the time. This is probably the hardest thing and yet the most important thing. And it applies to every type of leader and it is incredibly important as a thought leader, as an IC leader. You need to be making sure that the person in front of you is getting the information they need, not what you want to tell them. Okay, so if you can do all of those nine, remove obstacles, create alignment, teach, disseminate, lead by example, facilitate healthy discussion, set high technical standards, avoid getting bogged down in the trenches, giving credit and communicating at the right level, you are going to become a great thought leader. I would love to know if you are working on your thought leadership If you are an individual contributor who recognizes the power of great leadership and isn't just here for people leadership, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to LinkedIn, drop me a DM. If you're in Leading Women in Tech on Slack, of course, drop me a message there too. I would love to have a conversation about this with everybody. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. 
hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.